0: Ethos. Melina Rigos, welcome to the next simple step. Tell us about yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? What do you do?
1: Wow, thanks, Paul. Well, nothing like jumping right in. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. Um, I'm Melina Rigos. I'm the founder of Unhustle, and I pivoted a long and fairly successful, I would say, marketing career to start the Unhustle movement and inspire and equip people like yourself and um, people like myself to slow down so we can speed up.
0: Whoa, that, okay. That sounds fascinating. Unhustle movement. What is that?
1: It's a movement to make humanity a little bit better. We are stuck, stuck in this hustle mentality that you have to constantly be doing, constantly be striving constantly be struggling and we almost feel like if we're not working hard and if it's not painful enough that we're not making progress so there's a redefining your success component in there but there's also a way to achieve peak performance by actually doing less so you can achieve more have more time for family for fun for hobbies for all these things that make life meaningful and rich and fulfilling that we're putting on the back burner because we're constantly in this hustle mode.
0: Okay. Well, that sounds good on paper, but what is <laughs> maybe a, what's a first step somebody could take to, you know, slow down to, as you said, slow down so they can go, did you say farther? Slow down to go
1: Slow down faster? to speed up. <laughs> slow down
0: to speed up. Yeah. That sounds nice. How How do you start that process?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of uh, the very first steps really is, is about shifting your mindset, right? It's about unlearning these old habits and behavior that we've been trained and programmed to do going really back to the industrial age um, and have accelerated thanks to technology. And so... Uh, the first step is unlearning all that behavior and seeing that and believing that actually it can be done there's a huge money fear factor involved in all of this because we've been trained and programmed that unless we're busy all the time we're not being productive and therefore your financial security is at stake and that's really not the case so I went down this road uh, myself, and I've seen the results personally, but then I've also dug into the research, right? And I've seen the research that constantly says well being affects your performance, right? Sleep affects your performance. 72% of entrepreneurs uh, have s- reported some kind of mental health challenge. Um, so all of these things lead to the path of burnout. Uh, currently, over 77% of us are burnout. We're sleep deprived. Sleep is considered like a, a pandemic at the moment so all of these things uh, report that there is a threshold of where your productivity starts to drop off and that threshold is around 40 to 49 hours a week so um, people that are going on a four-day work week including marketing agencies are going on a four-day work week they're seeing their productivity increase creativity increase and well-being and, and work-life balance increase right so realistically it's a path to, be, to more sustainable and more relaxed success. But the very first step is unlearning and relearning this new behavior.
2: I love that you say you have to unlearn and relearn this behavior because I have found that to be so true for myself. And I'm just wondering, for me, as a woman who also has children, who's also an entrepreneur, who has a family, uh, I I feel like so much, especially for us women. I feel like so much of this is learned behavior of having to just juggle everything and feeling like no matter what role we're in, it's not enough. And I'm wondering how much do you find is this stemming from this fear that I'm not enough, so therefore I need to produce more and I need to because because when I work with the clients I work with and the women I work with in in, in my business they always feel like okay what i did was good but it's not enough and and they always feel like they should have done more and there was always one more thing i could have gotten off my to-do list and and they go to bed feeling like i did all this but i had all this left to do speak yeah. to that a little Jeez. bit especially to us women who we seem to do this you know regardless of right. if we're high right. achievers or not
1: yeah, I mean, it's huge, and you're absolutely 100% spot on with, with that regards, right? We feel like we're not worth it, we're worth it that we're, we're not enough, we're not complete, we're not whole, just the way we are, right? So you, you really, it's rewiring your brain to think that one thing that really helped me start to do that is at the end of the day, so we, we're very trained to be very goal-oriented and all these to-do lists, right, at the beginning of the day, but at the end of the day, we feel like we didn't do enough. So what I started to do is start to do this, um what I did today list. And it's amazing to feel that gratitude and fulfillment of what I did today. So instead of the 20 things that you had in the morning and then you end up getting to, you know, maybe half of them, which I never do anymore. I have like three things I want to accomplish in the day. I just really lowered my to-do list. I actually don't have a to-do list anymore, to be honest with you. I just have a like a little not, post-it note, and I just write three important things for me today that if I do, I will move myself forward, I will move my business forward, I will move my purpose forward. And just focus on these three. We try to do too much and we're our worst estimates of what we can fit into a day, right? And at the end of the day, just take, you know, take 10 seconds and pause and look back and say, hey, I wrote my chapter for the book. That's huge. And I exercised for 30 minutes, you know. Again, that's huge. And I spent 30 minutes talking with my husband over lunch. And that's huge. And just having gratitude in the small things as opposed to having these really, really big goals that we create ourselves driven from our egos and from what society says success should look like. And then not feeling worth worthy at the end of the day. So defining, overcoming that ego and defining what success really is for you. And in the end of the day, we're simple human beings. We, we crave simplicity. And so focusing where your joy is really coming from. And most times, everybody I've spoken with, as successful as they are, it's really not coming from the projects and it's not coming from the deadlines. Yeah, I think a little bit of hustle The right amount of hustle is healthy. I think hard work is very meaningful, but at the same time, our joy and the fulfillment don't necessarily come from what we achieve in the day, but more so of who we are, who we are being in that day. And so instead of a to-do list, maybe you want to create a to-be list.
0: That's powerful. I love that. Well, from the other side though, you, you talk about flow. I, I do get fulfillment from what I do for my work, and but I don't want that to be my ultimate goal. I have a family, and uh, and I don't want to just live to work. And so, help me. Uh, how do you pivot uh, from that? Because you know, life is not always in a state of flow. Is not always easy. And so, I I have the temptation to kind of go back to work where I'm celebrated or where I know I can step back in to that flow state. I'm a big believer in what you're saying here, but, but how do you do that so that you can experience uh, the flow-like state in, in your non-work time?
1: Yeah. and So what you're referring to in this flow state, let's just define flow for those people who don't, who don't understand what flow is, right? It's when you have completely engaged you in the zone, you're fully consumed in what you're doing, nothing else exists, you know, time stops, and you find that flow in work. But flow also has a cycle, right? And one of the cycles of flow is the rest and recovery cycle from flow, mm-hmm. because you can't be in flow all the time. And so for overachievers, myself included, that is the hardest cycle to be in. And that's it it almost become then a responsibility. Relaxing is a responsibility because you can't keep pushing your brain in that flow state without giving it the, the time to, to recover, right? So what helped me a lot, because I'm still very much that type A personality is I have like mandatory hammock time. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Just, it's really the hardest thing to do. Mandatory hammock time is the hardest thing to do because you're constantly like, I'm gonna grab my phone. I can't. I'm gonna, you know, read a book. I can't. I have to sit in the hammock and sway in the wind and look at the hummingbirds, the hardest thing to do. But let's talk about why our leisure time is broken a little bit to that to that um, question that you have so based on the research from Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi who's the 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 godfather of the flow concept we're in flow for and when I say we I'm gonna speak to more like knowledge workers in this case because it's not the same if you're if you're doing some many kind of manual work but if you're in um in the knowledge industry you know we use our brains for and computers for the most part we're in flow about 64 percent of the time while we are working it feels good right like you said it fulfills you you're motivated you energize you checking off to do lists and and you're like this is awesome and it's great and it it brings you a lot of joy Uh, but when we're in leisure because of the type of leisure as a society we're accustomed to like we're watching tv you know we're you're running errands you're like hanging out with your kids you end up being in only about 20% of the time. So our leisure time is broken. Sure. The way we're working is broken, but leisure time is broken. So if you think of the most successful people, what do they do to really recover is like they sail oceans and they climb mountains and they, you know, do bike treks to Italy because it's challenging activity. It, you're mentally detaching from work. In my case, you know, I started to learn to kite surf. When I did that, I can I couldn't think about work. I had to focus. I had to be again in flow. Flow drives more flow. And so, if you think about it that way, a lot of the time we are not using our leisure time properly. So, if you if you feel tired and exhausted, it's really easy to say, "I'm just going to kick on the couch, have a beer, watch Netflix." But that's not rejuvenating leisure time. You'd be better off, you know, going for a walk or going in nature or or doing or playing chess or doing something that engages your brain in a different way um, so that you can recover
2: faster. Does that make sense? Totally. That is so fascinating to me because I see myself in so much of what you've said that, that it's actually harder some days. And I find, and I hear this from a lot of other people, women, especially it's hard to number one, give yourself permission to relax and have leisure, right? Which is the first thing. And then number two, it's what do I do with myself? I, do you get into so much. I, I find it interesting that you say that the flow doesn't exist in the leisure when we need it to, we need it just as much. So how did you arrive at the place where you could give yourself permission to take leisure? And how did you arrive at the place where you realized, wait a second, I need to actually have engaging, fulfilling leisure time. Cause you're right. Leisure just ends up looking like I'm going to bed or I'm just, I'm checking out exhausted. Yeah. And so many of us, I I can, I'm only, I'm a woman, so I can only speak to women. Like we can't turn it off. Like I want to be in leisure so bad, but I can't even turn the brain off to get into leisure, let alone get into flow in leisure. So how did you (laughs) begin to create that habit and give yourself that permission and, and make it a must that I must do this if I'm going to be productive?
1: Well, my personal story is that when I was, you know, running my marketing agency and working 18 hour days and sleeping with my phone, I completely um, burned out. Burnout wasn't a definition by the World Health Organization back then. So I wasn't, I, didn't, I wasn't aware, but I knew that my creativity, my focus, my health, my marriage, my relationships were starting to disappear. And that really scared me because if you love what you do, when your creativity starts to disappear, when your focus starts to disappear, you lose what you do. And so I realized that leisure, its, it's you have to give yourself permission to recover and, and engage in leisure. If you want to be there for what you do, if you want to be there for who you love, if you want to be there for, for yourself, otherwise you're gone. When your health is gone, you're gone, right? So it's looking at it. From a perspective of, do I want to continue to do what I love and be here for the people I love, or do I want to go down the path of of burnout, depletion, lack of energy? For women, it's adrenal fatigue, stomach problems, right, um, nervous breakdowns, anxiety, uh, mental health problems. I mean, all these things. So for me, it was a little bit of, and my parents had passed away early, and so it was really in my face that life is short what we do with our time is up to us. And so regaining control of your time and regaining control of your health and well-being. And when I looked into the research, I was like, does really well-being lead to higher performance? And it does. And when I looked at all the science, it does. So it's, it's almost like mandatory. It's not that we need to give ourselves permission, which we do. We owe it to ourselves to have that leisure time and downtime so we can be better mothers, better wives, Better leaders, better bosses, better entrepreneurs. I mean, it's almost like a responsibility,
2: and uh, that's how I did it. Now, what was your second question? (laughs) I think you answered most of it. I mean, what I'm hearing you say, especially like the buzzword among women, especially during the pandemic, right? Was self care, and and it's like this is the mandatory self care you've been looking for is giving yourself the permission to take care of yourself by recharging because. Then you're you're not going to be a great mom if you're burned out all the time. Yeah, but let's let's talk
1: a little bit about this self care because you know we, when we talk about self care, a lot of time that looks a little fluffy. You know, I
2: agree. So, I'm not take, a fan. <laughs>
1: yeah, get a massage and a hot bath and light up some scented candles, and that that's really not it. Um, no. My self care is incorporating my day and it's throughout my day so that it doesn't feel like one more thing i have to do now the one thing i started doing and i um, i do this Unhustle hustle morning i i have the unhustle morning rituals which i i came up with some certain rituals that i can tap into on a on, on a per needed basis because our bodies change right our energy changes and so i don't believe in morning routines but i came up with this sunrise method i call it the sunrise method because i came up with it down here in baja and it just worked for me and so it's things that you can do on, on every day and today i didn't start working until about nine twenty, but it felt like i already had a, a whole day of me time before i had hammock time and i went outside and connected with nature so let me give you the rituals s is for uh, sunlight and sunlight in the morning helps you sleep better at night. So getting some sunlight on your face, that sinks your circadian rhythms, right? And we're all sleep deprived. So I go outside, and get some sun on my face. You is for unplug starting your day without your phone because the minute you open your phone, your priorities change, right? And now you're on somebody else's agenda. So that's been a really big, big one for me. Like what 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 are my priorities before I look at my phone? And is for a little bit of time in nature. That's why I practice kind of a little bit of mindfulness and meditation. R, in my case, is for read and write. So even if it's just um, half a page or or a journal a little bit, I I do something that is more of a mindful activity or jumpstart your creativity. And It takes like a minute. I is for intentions, like what are my three things that I'm going to to do today that would make me feel like I I can declare the day a victory and I know when, when is enough is enough. S is for a little bit of stillness. You know, if you have a meditation or a mindfulness practice, or maybe you just want to sit down with your coffee and, and just be right. Just, just check in with yourself, check in with your energy. What do you need for that day? Do you need a workout? Do you need a little bit of stretching? Do you just need to hang out with your dog? I mean, whatever it is, right? And E is for that energy piece. So you can just take a cold shower and call it, well, that's my energy for the day. You know, or you can do like a bulletproof coffee or a smoothie or whatever it is. Or I did like, a 30-minute quick yoga session. But it feels so good when you know that you've taken care of yourself, then you can show up and you'd be fully focused, fully creative, fully on, and and here we go. And then it's four o'clock, five o'clock, at the end of the day, you shut the computer down and you move on with your family and with your day and with your dog and with everything else, right? So incorporating self-care throughout the day so that it doesn't feel like, It's one more thing you need to do. I think it's key because otherwise we feel like, ah, now I need to do self-care.
0: I love it. We'll talk to the skeptics for a minute because I can see some managers that I know listening to this and like, you know, if my employees are working from home, they're going to self-care all day and not get anything done. And so, yeah, theoretically, if you go outside and get some sunlight and you have your bulletproof coffee, and uh, and then you get to work. You're going to have a great day. But but when's enough? How do you find this work life balance, if you will, ebb and flow? Is there a way so that you can still get stuff done while being at you know optimal uh, level of self care?
1: Yeah, and, and my answer to that is don't measure don't measure hours, measure output. And when I had a team, that's what I had to start doing because. People I was hiring were young, they were Gen Zs and millennials, and they're like, My most creative time is at 2 a.m. at night. Like, okay, then you do that. You do you You work with your chronotypes, but I expect to have this thing done by this date. And I don't know if it takes you an hour or three hours, right? We're still stuck on this very time for money mindset when in reality, it's we need to start measure output and it's just a different way of how we can define this because if we're still measuring hours we don't know what people are doing in their homes right so we need to get clarity on what the goals are what where is the company going how are we going to get there and and after that measure more output what do you think about that
2: yeah yeah I mean, to honestly, that's more entrepreneurial. Like if you're talking to a person who is their own boss and entrepreneurial, you have to kind of learn to measure your output instead of your time spent because you're not getting paid on the time you're spending. You're spending a whole lot of extra time on the front end, usually to get a whole lot of something else on the back end. But I think it, it sounds to me like from the management perspective, when you're talking about an organization or a company or, you know, employees and stuff. It sounds to me like the key to that is is having people begin to value the time off or the downtime or the rejuvenation time as much as you have to value the output time, and realizing that that we're not machines. There's you're gonna like you said, there's gonna be a point at which that bell curve you're at maximum productivity and creativity, and then you're gonna get diminishing returns on the other end of that if you push past it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Let me give you an example with Andrew Barnes. Andrew Barnes is basically responsible for starting this four-day work week movement, right? So I interviewed him on my podcast. And he ran a company of uh, perpetual gardening, like two hundred and forty people. And it's a not um it's not a creative company, it's something to do with legal paperwork and they were in an office. It was before the pandemic. And he read this um study on a on an airplane that basically said we're we're probably productive about three hours a day. The rest of the day, we spend meetings and emails, looking for files, talking with people, checking social media, you know, having lunch, drinking coffee. And I know it sounds horrible, but that's uh, that's uh, that was just one study. So it made him think: if people are productive for three hours a day, are my people really productive for three hours a day? He went back to the board and presented to them and, uh, this this opportunity that he wanted to say, he said, let's just do an experiment. Let's go to our people. Let's ask them if they can cut down on the non-essential activities they are doing at work and in exchange and, and go on a four-day work week where they're still working eight-hour days, not 10, so not four tens, but eight-hour days, still getting the same amount of money paid as a 5 five-day work week. But they're getting a three-day weekend, more time to spend with family, to work on their creative hobbies, to recover, recharge, exercise, to do whatever they want. So they went to these 240 employees and said, "Look, you guys, we'll give you, you know, we'll give you a three-day weekend, same money. You have to figure out how to do the same amount of work or better in less amount of time. Let's do a 30-day experiment. Huge success. Work-life balance, balance increase, stress decreases." Productivity increased so now he's leading globally this movement of a four-day work week countries are going on it companies are going on it reporting similar results that's one story i want to share with you the second story i want to share with you is with stefan arstow who um basically a, a startup of let's say five people, and he was selling paddle boards in San Diego. He went to Australia and experienced this different mindset from America, like where the first question is not what you do for work, but where did you go travel last? And where are you going on vacation next? And he realized that work-to-live-versus-live-to-work mentality is different, right? So he came back to the States, he went to Shark Tank, presented what he calls it the worst possible pitch in the history of Shark Tank. It's now considered the most successful investment in the history of Shark Tank. Mark Cuban invested in the company. So Stefan w- went to build his company, quickly realized that the most successful companies, the employees, live and breathe the values of the company. And all of a sudden, he said, well, we're promoting this lifestyle, but we're not really living it because we're in a startup culture. So he actually went on a five-hour work day completely different from the four-day work week which I personally don't agree with me doesn't work with me personally but you know I'm trying to offer different different things for people here so he's on a five-hour work day same thing happened people were figure out how to do their job do it better do it more effective he he grew his company he, he won a bunch of awards you know got a bunch of publicity for that experiment as well so there are different ways you can do it um but i think it's going to depend on the team and like what works for me is what works for me is to work you know three four hours a day every day i don't mind working a weekend if i'm doing something creative that works for me but i've implemented so much balance into into my day that it doesn't feel like work right so it just depends on the person depends on on what works for you and your family and your situation and everything i mean i I feel like my life is a vacation so I don't need that time off that much. <laughs> I do mandatory hammock time.
0: <laughs> well, and for somebody that uh w- for you, you move to Baja California, your life is a vacation. Uh how does someone uh, or it seems like to maybe somebody that doesn't live at the beach is, is it possible to to live the unhustle lifestyle, you know, when you don't live at the beach full time and and what was your uh, decision for moving there in the first place? When when you uh, started pursuing this lifestyle?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it hasn't been easy. You know, it, it took me eight nine years to to, to fully step into this, uh, and it started with what's my purpose? What does life want out of me? So, getting very clear on your overall life vision, and the way I look at it is creating designing a, a life work play balance that is sustainable. So um, we are often told that we need to get the, the job first in order to create this success. And in my in my uh, view is actually you start with the life. What's the life that I want to have? There's plenty of study, studies that show that rich ex- experiences lead to happiness uh, as opposed to you know, chasing just happiness or chasing just meaning and purpose. Having rich and interesting experiences in, in your day is going to to give you the fulfillment that you seek so you can do this anywhere you are you know you can create new and different experiences you can you can um do it on a day-to-day basis you know do something new and interesting on a day-to-day basis so it starts with what's the what's the life that i want to have what are the experiences that i want to have who are the people i want to connect with um, and surround myself with how where do i find joy uh, on a a more regular basis because we've forgotten how to have joy in our day right and wherever you are, you can do this. And then, what's the work that is really meaningful and 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 purposeful for me that uh, brings me enlivens me as opposed to depletes me? You know, getting in the zone of genius. For a lot of entrepreneurs, we we chase you know shiny objects and we compare ourselves with other people. When in reality, you can design a unique and different business by being more stepping more into being you. But we have this fear, right? The fear that comes up, the self-doubt, all these things you're not gonna overcome by sitting on a computer and, and and seeing what other people are doing. You're gonna, if you get into like who are you authentically, what are your sub superpowers? Where's your, your zone of genius, right? You can then say, what's the business that I wanna have? How do I want to design it? That it's you know effortless and, and with ease and joy and do that instead of trying to compete with the masses. You know, where's your differentiating factor? And then we talked about the, the play component. What are the things that uh, that are challenging for you um, that pushing that flow state uh, so that you can, you can thrive more uh, for, with all the work that I've done. And I work with millionaires, billionaires, entrepreneurs, right. It's the same thing over and over again. We are, you know, it's the story in our head. It's the self-doubt, the self-sabotage, the fear, all these things that make us human, you know, we all live with some kind of trauma. And so we, we, but we, I feel like most of us are escaping that, dealing with that part by gravitating towards work as opposed to tackling that, that mental story in our head and going more from a, from a place of presence and a place of wholeness and a place of showing up in the world authentically ourselves. And, um, and doing what we can with, with, with the time we have on this, in this life, you know,
2: it's, a, it's really interesting. Cause what I'm hearing a lot of is knowing yourself, connecting with yourself and really leading from who you are and that connectedness that you create with yourself, with your leisure time, with your mindfulness time, with your hammock time and all that stuff. And what I'm not hearing, which I think is the difference in the two mentalities is, this fear of, I need to hustle for money, 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 where I feel like a lot of people are caught in this hustle mentality because they're like, I got to make, I got to pay the bills. I got to feed the kids. And it, it really kind of comes from this belief of, I don't have enough. I don't make enough. I need to make more. And and it's, you can be a millionaire and have that mentality that Most if millionaires
1: think they need to make more and they don't have enough. Yeah.
2: Yeah, because they because it comes down to this feeling of, I by myself am not enough, so I need to make another million. I need to make a billion. I need to make... And that's a moving yeah. bar when you're in that hustle. But you're talking about, and I think it can be even scarier, you have to actually get in touch with you and start to hone that relationship with yourself and know yourself and design things around who you are. And in some respects... That's a lot scarier than just doing what the world has conditioned you to do. Yeah,
1: you nailed it. Yeah, so it's the is the have be have do be versus be do have flipping that on its head. Right? We think that if we have more, we are going to be happy. We're going to look successful. But in reality, success starts on the inside. Right? It starts with who, knowing who you are, stepping into your your, your beautiful. Being and and I know it sounds kind of woo -woo and and spiritual, but but I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs I've worked with, and it's the same things over and over again. It's not the the money we 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 think it's the money that we're after, but in reality, it's peace of mind, it's calm, it's being able to sleep at night, it's it's you know it's doing what we love to do from a place of confidence and and being who we are and and showing, shining our light is instead of um, thinking that money is going to make us happy. I'm, you know, I have nothing against money. I think money is beautiful. I think money is great. Money allows you to have the lifestyle to put your kids through college. Money is great, but let's do it from a place of abundance as opposed to this place of scarcity where we find ourselves in. Now, I come from a place of scarcity, so I've had to do the inner work. and And I went down chasing that external success, And I can tell you that personally and working with other people, the external success doesn't mean doesn't make you happy necessarily, you know, or and the other way around. I, I see a lot of people, especially down here in Mexico, who don't have enough, but they're happy. They're smiling. They're happy. They're content. So it's not the material stuff and that's part of the uncomplicate I have like these seven parts in my book in you know, on hustle because we already talked about a few of them and we talked about the unlearn and relearn the unthink you know and getting into your body we talked about the unwinding part and the self-care part uh we talked about unplugging and and figuring out like who am I really instead of chasing Facebook and TikTok videos all day all day long and, and filling your brain with with crap really on the internet that All of the sudden, gives you complete FOMO because oh well, look at their life and look at this life, and now all of the sudden you're going, I gotta work more because I wanna have the house and the car and the and you know and Uh, so
2: oh my goodness, yeah, FOMO, yeah, turn it to (laughs)
1: JOMO. I say turn it to turn it to JOMO, which is the joy of missing out, and turn it to JONO, which is the joy of no, right? So different way of going through to the day, but it's it's actually really. Simple, but simple isn't easy, as we know, so going back to being more human,
2: yeah, oh my goodness, it's so brilliant. I love this, I love, 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 love all of this. thank you and
1: look at the look at the um
2: I don't know if you know um
1: uh the palop and the nurse that worked with um people who are dying and put the five things most most common things that people who are dying are saying on their dead bed, and the first one was, I wish I hadn't worked so hard' And the second one is, I wish I had the courage to be who I am and tell people I love them. So what I'm talking about, A, science proven, and two, is life proven. But we're just so busy in our own day. It's like, go, 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 go. Let's go. And every once in a while, we got to say, where are we going? (laughs) And where are we running away from? (laughs)
0: wow that is uh worth pondering and and i think a great place to stop so you mentioned a book where can we find your book
1: well um i gotta write the book first i've been working okay.
0: on it for a couple in, of years in process of writing the book but i know you have <laughs> i know you have a newsletter how can, can we i pre-order a
2: copy? i'm in here i want to read this book
0: <laughs> yeah but Thank you. Um, i'm sure you've piqued everyone's interest here uh you know, where are we going? And you, you've coined a new term there because we mentioned work-life balance. And I, I saw you fit a third word in there, play. Life, work, play. Life,
1: work, play, design. Mm-hmm. That's
0: fantastic. So uh, where can folks sign up for a newsletter and learn more?
1: Sure. Thank you, Paul. So, um, if you'd like to get on the, uh, advanced reading team for the book, you can go to unhustle.com forward slash book. If you want to see how other people are stepping into this unhustle philosophy and without sacrificing really their meaningful work and their, and their productivity and their money, you can download. I have an ebook, which is unhustle.com forward slash ebook. So you can get that and you can read it and you can go deeper into each one of the cases that I have on them. Uh, you can connect with me at unhustle.com uh, and sign up for the newsletter there as well. And um, I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited to do this. Uh, I just got done off a uh, three day designing a new program that I want to launch. It's going to be, it's going to be revolutionary. It's going to have an online and an offline Baja component that I'd like to invite <laughs> a few people to come down to for some mandatory hammock time.
2: That would be amazing. Yes. I'm down for that retreat. I got a whole bunch of burned out coaches that'll join you for that one. Let's do it. All right. I'm excited. Maybe
0: and maybe your next simple step today is to pick up kite surfing. That sounds like a lot of fun.
1: No, that's not simple at all. That's not simple. <laughs> I would say um I would say if you want to if you start feeling stressed and overwhelmed and all the sudden like you don't know which way to turn it literally takes 60 seconds of uh box breathing technique or just breathing to to sync your, your sympathetic with and parasympathetic nervous system. So, so just do some simple four, four box breathing technique. Inhale to four, hold to four, exhale to four, hold to four, 60 seconds. That's, that's how long it takes to get back to being calm and present. And then just proceed from a place of presence. Really, it's really simple to just, just get back to being present and then figure out. Ask yourself what, like, what's the most important thing that I need to do next, and just focus on one thing and, and do that. Because we can't do it though. I've given up. We, we can't do it though. I've given Let up on, else. on inbox zero. Some days I try to have calendar zero, but you know, the information overload is insane. It's not going away. So all we can control is our attention and our time.
0: Well, I feel convicted there on the inbox zero, and I guess take note if you send Molina an email uh, don't expect an immediate reply
1: (laughs) 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 no that's fantastic
0: (laughs) melina rigos thank you so much for being with us on the next podcast thank you for
1: having me